today on Hardwired. Oh, we all know what it is to have a troubled mind. But he said, I came to give you peace. I want you to have peace in your mind. I'm leaving you, I'm gifting you before I go that you will have peace in your mind and heart. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. You'll never find it in the world. You can smoke it, drink it, shoot it, snort it, pop it, but it'll never give you peace. You are listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire, the founder and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Maybe you've noticed that our culture is pretty messed up these days, which makes people feel anxious and filled with questions. They want peace, but have a hard time finding it or making it last. Well, Pastor Jeff is going to share in the message today about how you can finally be filled with hope, security, and most importantly, that peace you're looking for. We know that you're going to enjoy the message, but you can also listen to it again or any of the messages anytime you would like at our website, hardwired.org. Let's get right to the message. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up today on Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of your very busy day. Well, we're continuing our series in the battlefield of the mind. Boy, if there was ever a relevant, important, crucial message for today's church to understand, it is that the battlefield that we wage against the enemy is fought in our mind, in our thoughts, in our thinking, in our beliefs. The enemy attacks us in our thought life. And so today we're gonna learn that not only does he go to affect our thoughts and attempts to deceive us, to bring us to wrong conclusions, to bring us to a worldly worldview instead of a biblical worldview, but he also attacks our peace. The enemy wants to rob us of peace and he does it by attacking our thoughts. So if you're struggling to find God's peace, if you've been struggling to maintain God's peace, I want you to tune in, grab your Bible, something to write with, and you're gonna learn today what the Bible says about the battle for your peace and how to experience God's peace all day long. Let's go. This is the third message in this series on the battlefield of the mind. The last couple of times together, we've talked about different aspects of the battlefield of the mind. First one was the battle for your thoughts. The enemy wants to get charge of our thoughts. Our, God cares a whole lot about our thoughts. What we're thinking about, dwelling on, mulling over, meditating on. Second message we looked at the battle was strongholds. That house that's built around a lie is a stronghold. A stronghold is a house of lies. It's in your head. A stronghold is whatever holds you strong. A stronghold is whatever opens the door for you to live in a way that is not biblical or godly and justify it. Because a lie has been shot into your mind, it burned long enough for the enemy to reinforce that initial lie with a bunch of other lies. Now you've got a house of lies around that one lie. Philosophical lies, lies about Christ, about God, about salvation, about hell. You gotta guard your thoughts. Now this time I wanna to talk to you about the battle for your peace, because that's also up here, right? Now look what Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. Oh, I love that. Not just up here, but right here. How many of you have ever had a troubled heart? Oh yeah, troubled heart. 
troubled heart. Your heart is troubled about something, grieved about something, troubled heart. He said, Jesus said, I'm gifting you with peace in that heart. Peace in your mind. Oh, we all know what it is to have a troubled mind. But he said, I came to give you peace. I want you to have peace in your mind. I'm leaving you. I'm gifting you before I go that you will have peace in your mind and heart. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives. You'll never find it in the world. You can smoke it, drink it, shoot it, snort it, pop it, but it'll never give you peace. Not lasting. If you're looking for peace in that bottle, that bottle empties out. And the next morning, what peace do you have? You have a slamming migraine and probably regrets from the decisions you made the night before. You know, the drugs, they never do it. You come down and when you come down, you're worse off than before you went up. There's no peace there. It's not lasting. But Jesus said, I came to give you lasting peace. Peace in your mind, peace in your heart, and you don't have to pay for it. Now, the context of this promise from Jesus is beautiful and very important because he's about to be arrested, tortured, and crucified. The end has come for his life on earth. And the disciples that he's looking at now, when he says to them, I'm giving you peace, they're about to be shaken to the marrow of their bones as their entire world is about to fly apart over what is about to go down. They've understood Jesus, but not completely. They've not totally understood his mission. They have followed him three years, but they've never really fully gotten what he's about. But here's the deal. Jesus, their savior, the only one and the one they have followed for three years. They left everything, home and hearth. They walked away from it. They walked away from their occupation, from the tools of their trade, their boats, their nets. One of them, the Bible tells us, said goodbye to his father, walked away instantly at the call of Christ, left everything. He's been their world, their focus. Everything about them has revolved around the man from Galilee, the one that they believed was going to bring Rome to its knees and give them the land back, give the land back to the Jewish people. They thought he was going to do that. That same Jesus is about to be killed brutally before their eyes, and their faith is going to be tested to the core. And it's just for all of this happens that Jesus says to them, I'm leaving you a gift, peace of mind, peace of heart. Now, the kind of peace he's talking about is not peace from war. That's not what he's talking about. War is never going to end because the cause of war is within you and me. It's within human hearts. James asked the question, James 4, 1 and 2, from whence do wars and fightings come from among you? And then he answers his own question. They come from your own lusts that wage war against your members within you. You want something, you can't get it righteously, so you kill to get it. That's where wars come from. And as long as there are human hearts, there's going to be war. Jesus isn't talking about that. He's talking about a calmness and a tranquility within no matter the surroundings. He's talking about inner peace. God's peace is an inside job. Now, peace is a powerful word in the Greek language. It comes from a powerful word. You're not going to have guessed what I'm going to tell you. Here's what it means. It means to join or to tie together something into a whole. It's when all the essential parts of something are joined together into unity. When it has to do with a person, it means the gift of wholeness. You're not whole till you have God's peace. You're not whole. And you get God's peace by getting peace with God. 
You got to make peace with God. When you make peace with God, you get the peace of God. When you get the peace of God, you're whole. It brings a wholeness to you. It's soundness, joy, happiness, fulfillment. The peace of God. So his gift of peace is the gift of inner wholeness. The Bible says many things about Jesus' gift of peace. It says, first of all, it comes from the Lord of peace himself. Did you know he's called that? It says in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. So where does peace come from? The Lord of peace. It flows from the Lord of peace. Satan brings turmoil, heartache, chaos, pain, violence, discontentedness. But God brings peace from the Lord of peace. Jesus is the Lord of peace. God's peace is a byproduct of salvation. Salvation has a byproduct and it's peace. Listen to this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. Peace with God. I have peace with God. And when I have peace with God, I get the peace of God. There's only one way to get the peace of God. That's to make peace with God. How do you do it? The cross. The cross to me is like a bridge. And it lays across the chasm that separates us from God. There's one bridge, the cross. There is this chasm that separates us from God because of our sin. Sin has separated us from God. And there's one way to walk from the guilt of sin to peace with God. And that's by walking across the bridge called the cross. It literally is the bridge over troubled water. That's the cross. I love the cross because it's vertical, it's horizontal. It's horizontal. It's this way, as if God has his arms outstretched saying, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden. You're heavy laden with your sin and with your guilt. Come unto me. You're laboring. You're under a load of guilt. You can't handle it. It's breaking you. Come to me. And when you come to him, he embraces you. And when he embraces you, then the cross takes you up. Vertical. And I experience his presence and his peace. There's one way to God. And it's not this. Peace, man. I used to go around saying that all the time. I didn't know what it meant. Peace, baby. Yeah, right on. No. It's the cross. We're commanded to walk in it. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. Over and over again, the Bible teaches us that peace is a hallmark of salvation. God's peace, supernatural peace, peace that can't be explained. Do you know what the God's greatest billboard is? Your face. Some of you went, uh-oh, I'm going to the house. I didn't need to hear that. Let me tell you something. When you're full of the Holy Spirit of God, there is something on you that Max Factor cannot give you. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God, Estee Lauder can't do what the Holy Spirit of God can do. And when you're walking around full of the Holy Spirit with serenity on your face, it's God's billboard. Where are billboards? On the highway. The billboard of your face is on the highway to hell. People that are rushing down the highway to hell pass the billboard of your countenance. And it plays a part in some of them turning around and going the other way. Yeah. Now, it's a very fact of spiritual warfare. 
that Satan is going to attack anything God gives you and me with. He's going to attack it. He doesn't want it manifesting. He doesn't want it shining. He doesn't want it touching people. He doesn't want it to affect people. Whatever God gifted you with, Satan's going to attack it. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Notice, only. Satan doesn't show up for any other reason. So when it comes to your peace, what's he after? To steal it. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to take it away. Because your peace is dangerous to him because it's a testimony. You have peace in the middle of a storm. You're peaceful when nobody else is. You've got God's peace when the circumstances don't warrant it. God's peace is not dependent on what happens out here. God's peace shines no matter what is going on out here. God's peace is supernatural. It guards our heart and our mind. Pastor Jeff will be back in a moment, but first I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Now, you may not be able to stay with us for the entire program, but don't worry. You can find the program at our website, hardwired.org, along with all of the programs from Pastor Jeff. Also, we regularly get emails and calls from listeners just like you who tell us how much the program means to them. But we would love to hear from you too. So let me encourage you to connect with us by calling 877-884-3111 or through the website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. Or call 877-884-3111. And now let's get back to Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. So how does the devil steal our peace? I'm gonna give you three quick ways. By sin, I should say unconfessed sin. By unconfessed sin, because we all sin. If nothing else, with your tongue. Everybody messes up with their words. There's no peace for the sinful, says the Lord. Notice that. How does the word of God characterize and describe the sinful? No peace. Isaiah 57, 20, but the sinful are troubled. Like the angry ocean. They can't be quiet and peaceful. Look at that. They cannot be quiet and peaceful. Who can't? The sinful. It's when we walk in unconfessed sin, where we're trying to keep something sinful in our life and we will not take it to God and won't repent. And we don't know that Satan is using that to steal our peace away. Because as it said, you can't be quiet in your soul or peaceful. David knew this. David figured it out. David found it out. He said, when I refuse to confess my sin, I'm quoting Psalms 32, three to five. When I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away. And I groaned all day long. You ever been with a groaner? Groaning all day long. They're miserable because of the sin in their life. And they make everybody else miserable because they're miserable. Even the dog hides from them. He says, I groaned all day long. Look at that. Because I didn't confess my sin. Day and night, your hand of discipline or conviction was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. I lost my strength. I lost my peace. I'm groaning all day long. I'm convicted day and night. David finally got the message in verse five. He says, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. <laughs> Wonderful. And he had peace again. Another way the enemy seeks to steal our peace, you may not ever think about this, but here it is, a worldly focus. He wants your peace. He'll get it by a worldly focus. Jesus said in the parable of the sower, the ground covered with thorns represents a man who hears the message, but watch now, here's the peace thief. 
the cares of this life and his longing for money choke God's word. And he does less and less for God. You notice how a worldly focus chokes the word, robs you of your peace, robs you of your productivity, robs you. So that's why Jesus said, here's my remedy. Get up every day and seek first the kingdom of God. Go vertical first every day. Go vertical. Go right up to God and say, I'm starting my day with God. That commercial, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. (laughs) That's almost true. (laughs) You know me. But the best part of waking up is letting your cup be filled with the Holy Spirit. The best part of waking up is Jesus in my cup. Amen? So you go vertical. But now, let me give you the main peace thief. Here it is, worry. That's a peace thief. Worry is like acid, eating away at your peace. And, and it all takes place in the battlefield of your mind. Now, I know what I'm talking about. I'm from a family of warriors. They are PhDs in worry. My family are world-class warriors. My dad was a warrior. And I learned how to worry about everything. I've got relatives. If you don't want to worry about it, tell me. I'll give you their number. Call them. They'll worry for you. Free of charge. Somebody accurately said, I like this a lot. Most Christians are being crucified on a cross between two thieves. Yesterday's regret and tomorrow's worries. You're either living in regret. If only this and if only that. If I hadn't gone here and hadn't gone there, hadn't said this or that or made this or that decision. If only I could go back in time. What is that song? If I could turn back time. How many of you ever said that to yourself? Oh, if I could turn back time, I would never make that decision. Come on, everybody. But you can't. But the devil wants you on this cycle. If only this and if only that. And because I did this and did that and went there and did this and made that decision, my life is ruined. No, it's not. See, that's a lie. That's a fiery dart. That's a lie. Because nothing is too hard for the Lord. He can stand anybody on their feet and give you a life and a purpose and fill you with his spirit and his calling and his destiny. But, But Jesus commands us four times alone, just four times in one chapter in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. This is why I tell you not to worry, Jesus said about everyday life, food and drink and clothes to wear. Quit worrying about that, he says. He taught that worry accomplishes absolutely nothing. He said, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? No, but they can take away some moments from your life. His response to worriers was this. Why do you have so little faith? That's what he said to worriers. So don't worry about these things, Jesus said again. What are we going to eat, drink, wear? Now look what he says about the world out there that doesn't know God. He said, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Every unbeliever wakes up and their thoughts are dominated by worrisome things. Where's my money coming from? My food coming from? My stuff coming from? My health? My marriage? My this? My that? They have no vertical way to go to God because they don't know the Lord. So they have to deal with everything horizontally in their own strength and power and wisdom, which is extremely limited. Jesus said, your heavenly father already knows everything you need. He said, I take care of the sparrows. Would I not take care of you? He said, don't even worry about your future. Somebody wrote, worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow and empties today of its strength. Worry doesn't solve a thing. It's a peace thief. So how do you protect your peace? We got to protect it. Three quick ways. Here we go. Quickly. By prayer. Oh, prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain. 
we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Listen to the verse. Paul says in Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. He's sitting in jail. They may take his head off, but he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. The two places Jesus said he was giving us peace. He said, you take it to God in prayer, all your needs, all your stresses, all your cares, and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Think of yourself sitting in your house. Out of nowhere, a knock comes on the door. And when you look out the peephole, you see a scraggly, sinister looking man wearing a t-shirt that says, thief. When you ask who he is, he replies, I am worried. And I've come to tell you some things you need to be very concerned about. But instead of opening the door, you get on your knees and you give the visitor to God. Immediately, a powerful soldier appears beside you. He pats you on the back and says, don't worry, I've got this. He opens the door, takes one look at worry and worry flees. The soldier was God's peace. So here's the question for you and me both. When worry knocks on the door, who goes to the door? If you and I go to the door, we're in a worry cycle and we're gonna have our peace robbed. But if we send God's peace to the door, he's gonna win every time. Because he mounts guard over your heart and mind to protect you and I from the damage of worry. Who do you send to the door? These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, said Jesus, I've overcome the world. Now notice, he connected the words he spoke to our experiencing his peace. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Catch that, connection. His word brings peace. And how many times have you gone into the word of God when you were full of worry and it chased the worry away and gave you peace? Listen to this verse. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. The scriptures comfort us. They give us peace. They build our faith. They tell us it's not as bad as we think. They tell us that God's got it. They tell us that we're okay. Not to worry, not to fear. They chase it away because it's a supernatural word. The third way you chase away worry is faith. In all circumstances, he said, take up the shield of faith. In all circumstances with which you can extinguish, I love this, all the flaming darts of the evil one. And never forget, worry is a flaming dart. To hit into your head until all you're doing is worried about something. It dominates your day. And he says, by faith, you will extinguish that fiery dart. You face it by faith. Amen. Now, what is a shield? It's used to block attacks. So the shield of faith is held up to block the lies of the devil. For instance, the devil says, you're going down. You hold up that faith. You say, no, I'm not going down because God's truth says, thanks be to God who always leads me in triumph. The devil says, you're a terrible Christian. You ought to quit trying. God's truth says, and the shield of faith says, he's able to keep me from stumbling and to stand me in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. The devil says, and here's a big one, God will never forgive what you did. But God's truth says, if we confess our sins, he can be depended on to forgive us and cleanse us from every single wrong. So you hold up that faith. And when the enemy attacks, 
you deflect it with that shield of faith. The devil says, you're gonna commit that sin because you've always committed that sin and you always will commit that sin. But here comes faith. No, I will not, for sin shall no longer have dominion over me. No matter what you're walking in, no matter what you're experiencing, God will not let you down. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. He will not divorce you. He will not separate from you. He will not diss you. He's gonna stand with you all the way to the end. We appreciate you listening today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Every program we do has one main thing in mind, and that's to share the hope and good news of Jesus Christ to people who need to hear this message and hardwire the teaching into their daily life. That's what this ministry is all about. So if you've been encouraged by the message, we would love to hear about it. Pick up your phone and give us a call at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. Or go online to our website at hardwired.org. And be sure to bookmark the web address to your favorites folder so you can come back often. Also, would you consider getting on board with us as a faithful ministry partner? Your valuable contribution makes a big difference to us in helping to get the message of the gospel out through this program to people everywhere. Your generosity along with this ministry is reaching people in a way that you may never have the ability to do on your own. So jump on board as a hardwired partner by calling us at 877-884-3111 or go online to hardwired.org, 877-884-3111 or hardwired.org. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you so very, very much. Have a great rest of the day and thanks for listening to Hardwired. Hardwired.